eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Good evening. We'd like to thank all of you for staying up with us as we begin another evening. Dr. Pittsburgh and friends featured the very best in women's athletics and HBCU sports. I want to say welcome in a second to my co-host, Jim Waddell and Dr. Marlo Kemp. Before we get started tonight, I just want to say tonight's show is dedicated to a very good friend. She's a goddaughter, daughter, basketball daughter, and her name is Coach Mary Banks. She coaches basketball in the state of North Carolina, Northampton County High School. Especially late, lost the father, and funeral was today. Nika Mary Banks in Detroit, Virginia. We want to say that we prayers with you, and that we absolutely praying with you and for you, along with your mother Michelle. We wish you the absolute best, and all of your family there at Shiloh Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia. Now, thank you, Marlo and Jim, for allowing me to say that. I'm gonna ask. Marlon and Mike, and we want to say welcome to Cliff Burton's friend for the latest version tonight. I'm going to go to Marlo, and then I'm going to go to the gym. Say hello, everybody. Marlo. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. Glad to have you. We send our condolences to you, uh, Coach Banks, and your family. Okay. Jim. Good evening. Good evening. You're not coming in, Jim. You're not coming in. All right. So Jim is having technical difficulty with the same as well. He wants to say as well. Hello. Condolences to uh to Coach Banks. So let's get started tonight. It's a little bit late. And uh <clears throat> we're gonna get started with our um women's segment as usual. And we want to highlight none other than Miss Aura Washington, our woman of the month. Now she was called the Queen of Basketball Courts, if you can remember. It's because she was the Queen of Tennis, but she was also the Queen of the Game of Basketball. Tonight, let's talk about basketball. During her career, despite her desire to play United States lawn tennis tournaments, the organization maintained its policy of racial segregation until 1948. After that, Washington retired from tennis. Washington retired completely from the sport in the mid-1940s after she and partner George Stewart defeated Walter Johnson and an upcoming star named Althea Gibson to win the 1947 ATA Mixed Doubles titles. Johnson was later quoted as saying, Aura would have beaten Althea if she hadn't retired. Now, Ms. Washington also played basketball first in 1930 with the Germantown Hall and their 21-1 record earned her the national female title. The Hornets were originally sponsored by the same Germantown YMCA that introduced Washington to tennis. As the team gained popularity, they separated from the YMCA and became fully professional. The following year, Washington led the Hornets to 33 consecutive victories. Their opponents included African-American women's teams, white women's teams, and occasionally African-American men's teams. In one game against the male quick-steppers, in January 1932, they stayed close on the last second basket by Evelyn Mann. The Hornets emerged victorious. She would go on again to be placed in the Naismith Hall of Fame. And that's why 
or Washington is known as the queen of courts. Marlo, give us your thoughts. Miss Washington. Miss Washington was a bad lady. You you know, not, not the queen of one court, but two courts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was not taking any prisoners, as the old people used to say. She she could beat you on the tennis courts and then, you know, get you on the basketball courts. I mean, back in those days, I mean, I think that was just amazing, you know, that she and then, you know, for her to have that type of talent um you know it, it's incredible um i mean it's very inspiring it should be inspiring to other young women you know uh, just in sports this you know our student athletes so I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing her to the forefront um i think she is a one awesome lady or was one awesome lady okay all righty yes Now, Miss Washington, um, in tennis, if you remember, she um, held the hand grip on the tennis racket, halfway up the racket. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, she just had a style of her own. So, you know, uh, praises to her. We're going to have we're gonna continue to talk about her in the next few weeks and, um, and, and, and be inspired by her. You know, at uh, the French Open, which we'll talk about later on, uh, we have Taylor Townsend. We also have two young ladies in the juniors division, uh, African-American who won the juniors division. And so all of these young people, I would love to make sure or see if they have uh, learned a Miss Oral Washington. And by the way, we're going to have Miss Althea Gibson also coming up. And we're going to talk about her as one of our another month before this year's out. So again, Miss Oral Washington. James, see if you can come in now. What do you think about Miss Aura Washington? Aura Bell. Let's see if you come in loud and clear. I was reading up on her and she is a uh, was a fantastic woman who broke many barriers. And you can't hear me, can you? Okay, you're still coming extremely low, but you, you did say you were reading up on her. She's an extraordinary woman. I'm Jim, I'm gonna have you type your comments in the chat because you're coming extremely low. All right, let's talk tennis now, a little more while we're at it. Over in the French Open, in the women's doubles finals, Taylor Townsend, daughter to our tennis analyst, Sheila Townsend, made it to the women's finals along with her um, her partner, Miss Layla Fernandez. They lost to Sue Suki and Wei Lingyu in the finals of the French Open. They came very close. They won the first match in two out of three, six one. And then they lost seven six in the tiebreaker. And then they lost the third set, six one. So the match completely reversed and turned around. Um, but this team is keeps getting close. I believe that they're gonna get them a grand slam before this year is over. Uh, if they just stay at it. Marlo, what do you think? I just want to give them a hand. They've done a great job. And Jim, type in the chat. Sheila Townsend's daughter, Taylor Townsend. And by the way, Sheila Townsend is the CEO of For the Love, For the Love LLC out of Florida. Marlo. Yeah, yeah, they, um, I, yeah, like you said, I, I totally agree. I think before the year's up, they're going to, 
you know, get one, one, one of the titles, if they just keep, you know, just keep pushing, because they come out strong, they come out playing very strong, because this is her, this is Taylor's uh, partner out of Canada um, that they played together in the Miami Open. They came out very strong, uh, once again, in that tournament, and then, um, you know, they got a little, you know, tricked up there, um, and then, you know, they didn't do so well in the third match, but, you know, if they keep at it, you know, I think eventually they def they will definitely get, you know, get a title. So we're just going to continue to root them on, send them positive vibes. Um, and, you know, who knows? We still got, what, Wimbledon, and then they come bring it home to the U.S. Open. So hopefully one of these, uh, you know, tournaments, uh, they'll be able to um, hold up the victory trophy. Yeah, yeah. And they beat a pair of Americans, Jessica Pagula and Coco Golf. Uh, mm -hmm. To get to the finals, and they beat them six zero six four, and we know that uh, those those guys are pretty good tennis players. So things are beginning okay. to look up for women's tennis, and uh, if they just stay at it, they're gonna they're gonna do good. They're gonna do good. One more time for Taylor Townsend and a partner as they continue to push in looking for their first Grand Slam. Yeah. Now, we got another set that are coming at you. And they are two young ladies, Tyra Katarina Grant and Clervy Ganui, N G O U N O U E. These two young ladies have won the juniors, two African American young ladies have won the junior French title. Uh oh. So we have some sets that are still coming and knocking on the door. And uh, they have just done a great job. I believe some years ago, I can't remember which year, No, Coco won the junior. Also, Taylor was a junior champion in singles. So, hey, Marla, what do you think of these young ladies? Yeah, I was, um, I'm waiting to see them, you know, come up as well. Looks like Miss Tyra is her, um, she looks like she was born and raised in Italy, which is very interesting when she's playing underneath the American, you know, um, well, she's, you know, playing, but, um, but her dad is a former basketball player, Tyrone Grant, um, who relocated to Italy. So I think that's, that's, that's pretty cool that, you know, they're, they're coming up behind them in the ranks. So, um, uh, we, we definitely will look for them, you know, coming along. So I think it's great that they're uh, coming behind, you know, the ones that we, we're always talking about, or we seem to, you know, talk about Taylor yes. and Coco and all the rest of them. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing them as well. Yes, yes. And also over there in the French Open in the women's division, Olga Swiatek was number one in the world. She also defeated uh, Coco Gall pretty handily in the quarterfinals. We were talking about that on last week's show. And she went on to uh, win it. She's pretty impressive. Uh, it's going to take something to knock her out of that number spot right now. But we will keep knocking on the door. The American women will keep knocking on the door until they do. Congratulations to Olga Swiatek. Yes, sir. She's a champ. She's a champ. 
Now, Marlo, we're going to move on to a, a subject that we haven't covered much, but we're going to start. And the Women's FIFA World Cup of Soccer. And this year it's going to be held in Austria and New Zealand, uh, starting, I believe, next month. And they have some things that are going on. First of all, normally um, they have, I believe, 24 teams. And this time they are going to have 32 teams. Yeah, they're increasing it. And it's going to be anticipating the most watched World Cup uh, tournament for women ever. You know, a U.S. women won that title a few years ago. But let me... Let me um, tell you some of the teams that are going to be added. Um, Philippines, Vietnam, Morocco, Zambia, Haiti, Panama, Portugal, and Ireland. These are some of the new teams that are getting in for the first time. And so we want to cover that. We haven't covered much soccer, but we definitely want to cover that while we get into that tournament. I'm anticipating it. What do you think about that Um what do you think about FIFA Cup coming up next month, Marlo? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I never played soccer, but, um, I mean, that, that that's one sport that's always, you know, seemed like, you know, the whole country is just <laughs> really, in, you know, into the fo- football. Um, and, um, I mean, I can't wait. And it's just, I'm, I'm glad that they added, you know, those additional you know, teens, you know, from all those different uh, countries. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I can't wait to see what the USA is going to do and how they will play, you know, this year. Uh, it's, what, about a month long, starting July 20th to August yes. 20th. So, yes. Um, yeah, everybody's going to be watching. Everybody's going to be watching. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. A few years ago, uh, Carly Lloyd, Megan Rapinoe, and that U.S. soccer team that won the championship, they did so much, not just for the game, but also pushing forward the equal pay issue. Mm -hmm. And and so a great strides are being done here stateside, and now I believe um, on the world stage. So we want to keep an eye on that, okay? We want to keep an eye, and we're going to keep up with the soccer this year. Great. And I believe the men will follow immediately after that in the month or so. So, Women's soccer, FIFA Cup. Now, this is the time of year, this end of the month and next month, when you don't have that much going on in amateur HBCU sports. Football again starts back in August. So we want to talk about women who are making plays, great plays, but are not necessarily Candace Parker, Serena Williams, Coco Golf. These are the women who I call queens of the court. These are women who are making plays in the executive suite where the real game is played or ownership. So I want to give a few names and educate our audience tonight. First of all, <clears throat> let's tell you about a few of them. Katrina Adams, she has recently been the CEO president of the United States Tennis Association. She's a former tennis player, and she became the first professional player, the first African-American, and the youngest person to serve as the president of the United States Tennis Association. 
And she recognized the, influ recognized the influence that the Williams sisters have had on encouraging African-Americans to pursue tennis. And she plans to implement more programming for minorities. And so she is, again, first African-American woman to be the CEO and president of the U.S. Tennis Association. So congratulations. Huh? What was her name again? You kind of went Katrina out. Katrina Adams. Katrina Adams. Okay, okay. great. All yes. right. Let me give you someone else. Lisa Borders, president of the WNBA. Okay? President of the WNBA. And uh, before Borders was appointed as president of the WNBA, she served as executive with Coca-Cola. She holds positions as chair of the Coca-Cola Foundation and vice president, Global Community Affairs. She's no stranger to the WNBA. In fact, in 2008, as the vice mayor of Atlanta and president of the city council, she brought the Atlanta dream to the city of Atlanta. Okay? So that's just two of them. We're going to have a few more. A few more. Let's give them a clap while we're at it. Yeah. We're going to go to a commercial, and then we're going to come right back. Just a few more. Okay, Marlo? All yeah, right. No we'll problem. get Jim, hopefully, to type in the chat. All righty. Thanks a lot. Welcome back, Dr. Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the absolute very best in all of women's athletics and HBCU sports. Okay, let's continue on, Marlo. A few more, a few more. Yeah, give me some more. Pamela L. Pamela L., Chief Marketing Officer of the NBA. L. was brought on board two years ago, around 2016, she was the NBA's first CMO since the late 1990s. 
And she began, this is why we play campaign. This is a series of videos that capture the essence of basketball and more. L was the only executive to head up marketing for two pro sports associations. She also runs marketing operations for the WNBA. She is also one of the only two film marketing chiefs among two major pro sports teams, Miss Pamela L. E. L. She was chief marketing for the NBA and for the WNBA. What do you think about accomplishments, Dr. Kemp? That, that's awesome. I mean, all these ladies that you have. You got you to talk closer to the mic. It sounds roughed up. What do you think, Dr. Kemp? They, it's true. They're awesome. I mean, all these ladies that you have mentioned, and then Miss L, just to be the chief marketing, uh, you know, person for both the, you know, WNBA and the NBA. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, you can actually probably see the change. I'm just curious to see when, you know, she uh, was given this role just by some of the um, changes, you know, that we have seen within both of those leagues. Um, you know, you could tell that they definitely have someone, you know, behind them that's doing it big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me give you some more. Uh, Ms. Sandra Douglas Morgan. Okay. Who is she? History was made. Sandra Douglas Morgan was appointed to lead the Las Vegas Raiders back in July of 2022. She came in and stepped into the role of the team's president and marked as the first black woman president in NFL history. And right off the bat, after appointment, Morgan shared she was in a gear to take action on addressing the organization's issues at hand, as previously reported by Afrotech. So again, here we have Sandra Douglas Morgan, and a lot of people don't know we have an African-American woman as the president of that organization, the first one in NFL. Jim, what do you think? I'm going to let you type it in the chat, would you? Okay? Marla, what do you think? The president of the Las Vegas Raiders, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, amazing. Uh, our, our ladies, our our women are definitely doing it. Um, and was I wonder, does she make that move from uh, <laughs> from L.A. to Vegas? We see the president when they made that move. I'm pretty sure she was. Um, uh, but um, you know, it's just what can I say? Yeah. What can I say? We have a few more. Shelly Payette. Shelly Payette. Okay. She's promoted to both executive vice president and chief operating officer of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The former college basketball player became the first black woman to serve as chief operating officer of an NBA team. And what's more, Payette was listed on sports business journals 40 and under. 40 or 21, one of the most influential women, one of the most influential women, and she is in the NBA in an executive position. These are things we don't know. Women who are playing the game off the court. Now, I bet this name. Shelton Leela Riley Irving. You got it. 
She made a big move in 2022 in March when Kyrie Irving was playing for the Brooklyn Nets as a star. Shatelia Raleigh Irving, his stepmother, became his agent. And she was reported that she was the only black woman representing an active NBA player at the time. The former vice president of ads at BE was training her and honing in on her business acumen and bringing it to the world sports. So Kyrie Irving's stepmother, Shatelia Raleigh Irving, acted as his agent. What do you think? You didn't know that one, huh? No, I definitely didn't know that. And it's just really sad, you know, when he played here up, you know, up this way on the East Coast, you know, that that was never brought to the forefront, you know, um, when he was on the Nets. So, um, but at least he got somebody, you know, dynamic behind him that's pushing him. Um, so we, we'll see what ha what will happen, you know, with Kyrie. So that's yep. awesome. And Jim also reports that the Raiders are also trailblazers in many, many ways. They always have been. So Jim is absolutely, absolutely correct. We're going to give you about two more, two more, because I just want to, this time of year gives us a chance to kind of look at the game behind the game, the real game, huh? Yes, real sir. power players. Okay. I have another one for you. Um, being Missola Abadu, let me spell it for you. GB. <laughs> E-M-I-S-O-L-A-A-D-U-D-U. In December 2021, Abadu was named as NBA Africa Vice President and Country Head of Nigeria, which is a newly created role. According to Sports Illustrated, she's the youngest and only woman of color to lead an office in the league. You know, the NBA is expanding over to Africa, okay? They actually have leagues in Africa, just like they have G leagues. And this young lady is an executive over on the motherland's continent. So, hey, here we go. Blue. Yes, sir. Anything about him? I'm glad you brought that up because I did not know that they had a league over. I didn't know that they had a league over, you know, in the continent. Uh, of Africa, you know, similar, like you said, to the G League. And I don't know why I didn't know that. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure all the other, you know, countries, you know, have that. But I guess it, I just didn't make that connection. But I, I, hey, you know, sisters are everywhere. So making things happen. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, we are proud you know, of her. Yeah, Africa, this league is seen on TV. Actually, you'll see it in the summer if you look through your channels. Once the NBA ends their season, they actually have the NBA Africa. And you, if you look through, they will see you will see it. So hmm. absolutely you will. Now, I believe we all know this last one. She is the president now and co-CEO of Aerial Mutual Funds. She's a superstar in the world of finance. She's the only African-American woman to have a building named after her on the campus of Princeton. You got it. None other than Aero Mutual Fund CEO, Melody Hobson. And a while back, she purchased, along with Dr. Condoleezza Rice, our minority women owners in the Denver Broncos. And she is a big time in the world of finance. And uh, everybody knows that when she speaks, people listen. She's the co-CEO of Mutual Fund, and also she's a chair, or the former chair, of the Starbucks board. 
And she's married to Star Wars creator George Lucas, and they have an eight year old together. Carlo, she's a big power player. Tony Hopson. Come on, you didn't know this. What do you think, Dr. Kim? Man, that that Melody Hobson is something else. Every time you're right. Every time I see her, she is on CMA in the morning, or you know the guest um, financial speaker. Um, she she is powerful. She is very very powerful. I I enjoy um, listening to her. Try trying to get some financial tips from her. I don't know how much I I have, but at least uh, and also from is she from Chicago? Yeah. Um, uh, that's what I thought, but uh, yes, she is uh, amazing, amazing, amazing woman. Yeah, Mutual Fund is uh, actually based in uh, the company, and uh, that's where she got to start. And Jeremy says, yep, the African League was started a couple of years ago in Africa, and also he says that there's a president, now I'm not familiar, but a female African-American president of the Dallas Mavericks. I can't remember her name. I think I do remember reading about her. And um, there's a female president of the Dallas Mavericks. So these are just a few of the women. There's some more. We want to throw these in each week. And, and I love this time of year. We get the time to see games behind the game, not just playing on the court, running on the track, but playing the game in the executive suite. Let's get one more hand for all of our great women. We'll come right back in about one minute. Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all of women's athletics and HBCU sports. Now, let's get back to something we were covering, the College World Series. Yeah, Marlo, Oklahoma, yeah. three-time straight national champions, and they have a winning streak of 53 straight games. This is an unstoppable dynasty. Uh, by the way, they've won six titles in the last 10 years. Marla, what do you think about, well, we know what you think, but tell us what, you, what your thoughts are on this um, this dynasty called Oklahoma Sooners, ladies softball. What what was the number again? 60 and what? Three straight games, uh -huh. three titles in a row, and in the last 10 years, 
they were able to win six national titles. Mm. Wow. It, it's interesting because, you know, it, sometimes you don't really hear, uh, you know, you don't hear about that and you don't hear about their accomplishments. I mean, you know, even really now, you know, other than they have won, you know, the, the tournament, the NCAA, you know, um, you know, three-peat, you know, the, the tournament, but I mean, just for that many, you know, games that they have won and their accomplishment, it's, you, you just don't hear that. But I mean, hey, my hat goes off to Oklahoma because I'm telling you, they definitely have a dynasty. When you see those young ladies play, and it's just amazing that they, they can recruit that much talent, you know, year after year to to bring home you know the, the title you know that they do but uh florida gave them um you know a run for their money but um but yeah but it oklahoma the, you know my hat goes off to them yes they should be applauded they also some great teams that made the Chuck college world series let's just remind okay. everybody wake forest florida virginia or roberts tcu lsu all made the college world series and the winners of Texas, Stanford, and Southern Miss and Tennessee also advanced. So this was a great, great World Series. Um, it's the most watched spring sport. And, um, you know, I just wish they had a professional league for women's softball because yeah. I believe um, it, would, it, would, it would draw. It would draw over time. I also would like for them to start going internationally if they can and, and, and taking amateur teams right now because I believe they can really grow this game. Uh, baseball is a, 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 a known around the world, but women's softball would really, I think, do some great things. Um, yeah, hey, I think it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one more, one more clap, one more clap for the women. They have just done a great job this year, and cheers uh, for them. <laughs> You just and, you can't know, say enough great things about them, you know? You're going to say something about them? Yeah, I was just going to say, that would give them, you know, some of the college women, you know, uh, you know, another platform, you know, to try to, you know, reach, you know, once they leave college. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Hopefully, you know, one day someone will be able to, you know, start, um, you know, like a a, um, a uh, either professional or a, uh, you know, as you guys call it, the G League for, you know, softball. Just never know what mm-hmm. the future holds. Maybe some of these uh, powerful CEO women that, you know, you, you're you telling us about and some coming behind them, you know, could definitely um, have the vision. That might be in the, in the pipe, in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. The gym says a four-star quantity is committed to FAMU after signing with Miami. And red shirt with CF last year. I'm thinking that's a football player. We'll get to that next. I'm not sure who that is, but we'll get into it in a second. Um, now, the other sport that we were keeping up with, and that's why we know things are coming to the end for all college sports right now this month, is in track and field. Division one, track and field, women's champion are. The Texas Longhorns, Hook and Horn. They won them a national championship, and 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 they are to be applauded. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. 
we fought it, that's the four. In the men's division, Florida men, also won the track and field, uh, the track and field title. Now, <clears throat> these are the people, and I want to just give a shout out for Texas ladies. Julian Alfred, 100 meters, first place. They won it with a score of 83 points. Uh, Florida took 51, at 51 points, second place. I believe the Lady Gators of Florida won the division, won the national championship last year, track and field. So Texas got them this year. But here we go. Texas title point scorers, Julian Alfred in 100 meters, first place, 10 points. Julian Alfred in the 200 meters, also 10 points. Rasada Adelike, 400 meters, 10 points. Akil Leah Smith, first place in the long jump, 10 points. And the 4 by 100 meter relay, they took first place, 10 points. Akila Smith came back in the triple jump. She got eight points in second place. Kavon Davis, 200 meters, got third place for six points. Christine Blazadika, Heptathlon, third place, six points. Kivana Davis, 100 meters, fifth place, four points. Lenane Thomas, 200 meters, fifth place, four points. Valerie Tobias, 800 meters. Six place, three points, and Ezzeline Abba. She got seventh place in the 100 meters for two points. That gave him the whole 83. And again, congratulations, Lady Longhorns. You are the outdoor track and field champions of 2023. Hook them home. Yes, sir. All right. Now, we have um, one more thing to go. Well, a few more. Let's talk uh, WNBA, Marlo. WNBA. They're in the swing of things. Okay. They're in the swing of things. And um, right now, we have, let's see. What are they have, like on about week three, four? Yeah. Now? They played about 10 games. They played about 10 games. And this is the way we're lining up. In the Eastern Conference, the Connected Sun are on top, 8-2. New York Liberty, 6-2. The Washington Mystics, 5-3. Chicago Sky, 5-5. Five five. The Atlanta Dream, 2-5. And, and Aaliyah Boston is giving it her best, but they're in eighth place at 2-6 in the Eastern Conference. Now, in the Western Conference, guess who dropped the game? Las Vegas Ace were beat, and they are now 8-1. And I believe it was the Connecticut Sun that beat them. I have to look mm. back at that again. But they're eight and one. Dallas Wings are five and four. Sparks are four and four. Phoenix Mercury with Brittany Griner only two and five. They had a little incident at an airport. Yes. Yeah. And then Minnesota Lynx two and seven, and Seattle Storm are struggling a little bit. Uh, they are one and six. Now, let's talk about some of the leaders in the league. And we're going to go to some of our other stats right now. Lexi Brown, Las Vegas, she's leading the league in three-pointers. Natasha Cloud, second. Arena Joanna's third. Vera Atkins, third. A fourth. Bridget Carlton uh, has fifth. Now, in scoring, Brianna Stewart's leading the league now, averaging 32 a night. Guess who's come up, or at least this past week. Let me back up. This is the, the standing from the past week. Brittany Griner had 
29, average last week. Alyssa Smith, 29. Uh, Nika Agumike, average 27. And Rika Agumambali from Dallas, average 25. This was last week, just last mm. week. Mm -hmm. So they're warming up. In assists, Courtney Vandersloot from New York, he averaged 10 points last week. Jordan Kanata from Las Vegas, eight. Dana Evans, Chicago, eight. Odyssey Sims, Dallas, eight. Alyssa Thomas from Connecticut, eight. Now, this is the part that you don't want to leave the league in. Alyssa <laughs> Thomas also led the league in turnovers at Connecticut. She averaged seven. Turnover leader from Atlanta, Cheyenne Parker, averaged three. Kalia Cooper from Chicago, averaged five turnovers. Oh. Ryder Howard, number one pick last year out of Kentucky from Atlanta. She has five turnovers. And Shakira Austin, the big, big, big center from Washington, had four turnovers to lead the week. Leading the week last week in steals. Who do you think it is, Dr. Carroll? Uh, the Liberty. Uh, let me see. Which player? Um, Which player? Um, Give me a guess. Oh, shoot. Candace Parker led the lead. Five steals last week. Kia Nurse of Seattle, four. Jordan Canada, three. Aficia Collar, plays in Minnesota, another UConn Husky, led the league in steals with three. Alicia Gray from Atlanta led the league in three. All righty. So, Candace Parker led the, led the league in steals with five. Okay. Okay. All right. All righty. So, that's last week's uh, leaders in the league. Now, here we go. For the season, for the season, these are the best averages. Number one, Jewel Boyd. This is points per game. 26 out of Seattle. Brianna School is 24.9, okay, out of New York. Guess who's the third leading scorer in the league? Who do you think got the game? Brittany. Brittany Griner, 22.7, okay? Go ahead. Rika Angu-Bawali out of Dallas, 22.7. And Nika Ogumike out of Las Vegas. The LES, yeah, Las Vegas, 21.3. So, Women are playing. I'm going to give you a simple one, Dr. Kelly. You're warm now. Blocks <laughs> per game. Blocks per game. Who do you think is leading Blocks per game, Dr. Kelly. I hope it's Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, 2.7. Okay. Ezzy Megan, 2.6. Brianna Stewart, 2.1. Asia Wilson, 2.1. And Nia Coffey, 1.9. So here we go. Some of our stats. And it looks like Brittany's getting back into the groove of things. Uh, and we're just so happy for her. And yeah, um, exactly. yeah, yeah, she's doing well. And so I just want to say we'll keep up with the WNBA. They're at the top quarter of the season, 10 games. They play 44. And um, hey, let's give it up. The ladies are doing a good job. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to do a one minute break. Come back and we'll get into some of the male uh, sports. And we're gonna...
everybody, welcome back. Dr. Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all of HBCU sports and women's athletics, okay? Or women's athletics, women's sports and HBCU athletics, okay? Dr. Kemp, yeah. got some news for you. We're talking some HBCU news now. Okay. The number men's basketball, the number 25 or 25th ranked prospect basketball player in the country, a three-star guard from Overtime Elite Program has signed a scholarship or intent to play. And guess who? Who do you think he wants to play for? <laughs> Tennessee yeah, State yeah, University. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's some great news. HBCU landed the top 25-ranked high school player in the country. And we are really, really, really looking forward to see what he does down in the OVC, okay? Mm -hmm. Another great signing in HBCU sports. Four-star Juan Lee committed to FAMU after signing with Miami and redshirting with UCF last year. So I'm not sure of his position. Jim is giving us the information here, but um, it looks like the Florida and Rattlers are getting a great football player. And I'm really happy for that program. Uh, last yeah. year, they came up on the short end of the stick uh, because they have all their players to begin the season, I believe that the team to challenge Jackson State in the SWAC, and they didn't go to either playoffs. So I'm really looking for Florida A&M to do big things this year in SWAC conference in football. Okay? Yeah. So congratulations. Go Raptors on that great sign. Absolutely. Now, here's another another long uh, for Jackson State, all year long, this uh, great running back, I think he had 1,100 yards last year, DeAndre Sanders, Sivion Wilkerson, and he didn't participate in spring drills. He was undecided, of course, with Deion going to Colorado. But the news has come out. He's not going to stay with TC at Jackson State, but he is going to Colorado, and he is going to play for Deion Sanders. So he's moving up, Power 5 school. And uh, I, I look for that young man to do big things. It's a loss for Jackson State, but I'm happy for him. You know, um, this thing of transferring is interesting. But, hey, if coaches can transfer, I, I, I guess players deserve that right too. What are your thoughts, Mark? Trivion Wilkerson, kind of late in the game, but he's going to Colorado and even Jackson State. What do you think? Yeah, I was um, kind of surprised at this information. But, you know, like you said, I totally agree. You know, if the, if the coaches – transferring and um you know and that's who they really want to play under then you know who are we to say that they can't and, and they've made it possible you know now with the transfer portal for them to you know be able to you know follow the coaches where you know where they want to play in the, in the school where they want to play at mostly you know with the coach yeah 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 hey well you know we got can't do anything but wish this young man Absolute, absolute very best. Now, going over the, uh, we talked about Tech in the women division, winning the uh, French Open in Roland Garros Stadium. In the men's division, Novak Joe Jarabin, I always mess his name up, but Novak, he has won 23 Grand Slams, a major tournament. It ties over Serena Williams, only behind 
Margaret Court for Majors. And um, he's won the French, Australian, Wimbledon, and US Open. Thank you, Jim. He's given us that information. And um, for so long, it was him and it was Federer and Nadal. So he was competing against three guys for greatness. But, and, and by the way, he sat out or wasn't allowed to play in one of these majors in the last few years because he didn't want to get the vaccine. But mm -hmm. the three, he is emerging as the greatest tennis player. I saw him play Sunday. He's 37 years young and um, just unbelievable. Just, just unbelievable. Um, so I want to give him a, um, a round of applause. He won a three straight set Sunday over a very viable opponent, but he was totally dominant. And uh, I just want to give him a, a big round of applause um, for just being a great, great champion and ambassador of the game. What's your thoughts on him? And very, very humble, very humble, you know, and uh, he, he's a, a great player, great tennis player. And I mean, that's, that's a lot, you know, 23 grand slams. Whew, man. Um, but I enjoy watching him play too. He's a powerful player. Um, and you know, I'm happy for him. Very happy for him. Djokovic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we'll, we'll keep up with that. Wimbledon is next. And uh, we'll just see where those things are going in the world of tennis. Now, coming down the stretch, and they're playing right now. Uh, talk about the NBA. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, the Miami Heat uh, are down three games to one. And um, what do you think is going to happen in this series, Kim? Uh, do you think it ends tonight? I think that uh, Denver is the better team. Uh, they're definitely the deeper team. And does it go back to 3 1? You think Miami wins tonight? In and then they have to go back to Miami. What do you think is going to happen tonight? They're well, playing right now. I think um, right now the Heat is leading going into halftime. Um, so I think that they may come out victorious, fingers crossed, and send it back to uh, Miami. Um, you know, hopefully they will win again in Miami. And then we have a game seven. That's mm -hmm. my prediction. You heard it here live on Dr. Cliff Burden, friends. That's what I'm wishing for. <laughs> yeah, you're wishing for it. Do you think on game seven, uh, who do you think is going to win it? I think Denver. I still stick with Denver. Um, you know what? I'm going to say, let me see what Miami does in this uh, in this game. Um, if, if I don't know, because if, if, if Miami win it tonight, then, you know, they they you know maybe a little hungry and, and maybe bring it home you know everybody's expecting denver to win it you know tonight but um i don't know we'll see you know mm -hmm. he's like a good underdog so. yeah. and I'm jim in the chat. Well, not always home they were no underdog jim oklahoma i mean uh jim nba finals what do you think i'll let him put it in the chat while we talk while we're doing that there's a few other items in the nba um, it's come up, NBA great Chris Paul. It's a likelihood that he'll be departing with the Phoenix Suns. He's an 18-year player, and uh, 
we just want to, uh, you know, what do you think of Chris Paul? I mean, Chris Paul has played a long time in the league, and I mean, it. it I mean, for him to to go someplace else from the Phoenix Suns, um, where would he go? I mean, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I can't really see him going any. I mean, I could see him going, you know, to another team, but you would think that he may want to, you know, try to just, you know, stay with the Suns and, you know, in in the in his playing time, you know, with them, you know, down the line. Not that I'm trying to put him out of the league anytime soon, but you know, I would think that he would want to um, continue the, his run with the Phoenix Suns. Well, I think the Suns are looking to get before him while they still can. You see, he's at the end of his playing days. It's a business. And just like they let the coach go, um, they may be looking to move on, to move on. Uh, mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes um, for him. There's something else that's going to be announced. We have a few other stories. The commissioner has stated immediately after the NBA finals, they're going to give decisions on John Moran. They don't want to announce it while the NBA Finals. Well, the NBA Finals in the next week will be over. Where do you think they're going with that book account? Mm. Long-term suspension, short-term suspension. I know that they're in the, um, the, uh, the Players Association is also in on this. But mm -hmm. um, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think they're going with? I, I see a, some a long-term suspension possibly coming. Half a season, whole season? Maybe a full season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we can, you know, I mean, um, you know, prayerfully, uh, you know, he can uh, get some assistance, you know, to, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what, it'll, what it will take you know, just to help him, you know, make better choices and just to see his potential and just to see the future, his future, you know, is just, just is in jeopardy. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Mm -hmm. One more story. Um, and I don't know, but they say that Zion Williamson has been having issues off the court for extra activities, and they say he may be a dad coming up. I don't know. I read. Uh, but I just hope that he begins to focus uh, on basketball and the getting himself in shape. I believe that um, he has a good contract, but if he doesn't begin to produce soon, we, we might find uh, Zion Williamson out of the league in another two or three years. You know, he's got to produce, and uh, I just hope he stays focused because um, he has to produce sooner or later. He's only played one third of his NBA games since he signed two or three years ago. And so I'm looking to see where he's going to end up or when he ends up there, will he will he be productive? So yeah. that's what we have right now. That's what we yeah, have right he, now. And he is, how old is he? Does he come right out of high school? No, because he no. played the one year. He played yeah, one dude. year and then he... And then he uh, went came to the NBA. So yeah, yeah, we we're gonna lift him up as well. Um, you know, like you said, because he just hadn't really played up to you know his potential, what people thought 
mm-hmm. you know, you know, his potential, you know, should be at this particular time. So, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we gonna lift him up as well. Yeah, I know the Pelicans are ready to deal out of New Orleans. They're ready to deal them. So yes. we'll see. We'll see what that ends up. Um, well, the time is, is short. I appreciate those who stayed up with us. There is uh, next week, we have a very, very, very special guest coming. He's an HBC graduate. He's a CEO, Rodney Woods. He owns a company, Players Investors Network, Playbook Investors Network. And uh, his partner, founding partner is NBA great, Tracy McGrady. And uh, he is a young man who went to Payne College, HBC in Georgia, did well, studied criminal justice there, did well, became a policeman, successful, active, successful, and then he went on and now he has a very successful career in business in his company that he started. And we just want um, you guys to come along next week and so we uh, and so we can have him on the show. Buddy, you can have him on the show. Until then, Dr. Kim, Jim, we want to say thank you so much for joining the night on the road on the show here out of Richmond, Virginia. Next week, we'll be back in our hometown of Jersey. And uh, Dr. Kip, you have anything you want to say? Um, Just thank you, everyone, for listening. Coach Banks, we lift you and your family up in prayer. Dr. Burt, thank you for bringing those powerful women to the forefront for us to recognize and acknowledge. And Jim, we look forward to having you live in Living Color with us next week. And thank you everyone for listening. All righty. We will see you all back in 168 hours from now. Thank you very much.